0: Uh, so we are going to now get into the Word. We're ending our, our, our series we've been doing on the Holy Spirit. Um, in our abundant and incredible genius, we named it the Holy Spirit Series, right? So today we're landing the plane. We're ending it. We're going into Vision Month, as John Mark said, next Sunday. Next Sunday uh, is Sunday number one for Vision Month. We're going to talk through what we're calling our pillars, kind of our, our, our DNA, our pillars, or what we believe as a church and we have some fun, kind of cool new announcements this next month, so hope you guys can make plans to be here. Uh, we really feel like we're in this season of momentum as a church, so we're excited to to get into all that in this month to come. Uh, but this series on the Holy Spirit, if you guys have missed weeks, especially last week, I told Pastor JP uh, that I felt like it was one of the best messages I've ever heard him preach last week. Uh, those of you who are here, it felt so complete. Everything about... It, 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 honestly, I felt like you could have come last week with zero understanding about the Holy Spirit and kind of had a class and been brought up to speed, right? Like, oh, okay, I get it, right? Um, and then today we're going to kind of go into some of the giftings of the Holy Spirit and end on that note, but I kind of want to approach it in a bit of a different way. Um, we're going to start in the Old Testament in the book of Second Kings, and we're talking about the prophet Elisha, okay? So Elisha for, for those of you who are kind of Bible nerds, I, I think it's super cool as you continue to study the Bible, you learn more and more about uh, symbolism and uh, about there's this thing that, that scholars call types and shadows of Christ. Okay. So that means even though Jesus was born and the New Testament started in the Book of Matthew, throughout the Old Testament we see um, shadows of Christ, like like ideas of him, you know, through prophecies. And one of the greatest um, types of Christ they call it in the in the like the- theology world is Elisha. Right? So you have Elijah, who is kind of like a type of John the Baptist, and then you have Elisha coming, who represents a lot of what Christ would then do later on. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just read 2 Kings 2, starting in verse 19. And it says this. The people of the city said to Elisha, Look, our Lord, this town is well situated, as you can see, but the water is bad and the land is unproductive. Bring me a new bowl, he said, and put salt in it. So they brought it to him. Then he went out to the spring and threw the salt into it, saying, This is what the Lord says. I have healed this water. Never again will it cause death or make the land unproductive. And the water has remained pure to this day, according to the word Elisha has spoken. This little passage in 2 Kings is is sandwiched into a bunch of other passages. And this is one of the easy ones to skip over. Okay, This would be like, you're just cruising along. Like, all right. That was weird, right? And just keep going, right? Because the salt and the water. And, um, but this is a great example. There's so much here, right? And we don't have time to go through all of it. I, I would encourage you guys to study. There's so much with the, with the bowl, the Hebrew word hadash, which means like to restore something new. The salt and all this other stuff that it represents. And in Leviticus, they always had to give salt with their offerings, and it was an offering. There's so many things, right? But I love this, and I was reading this, and I feel I've sat with this for a few weeks. And I, I felt this word for our city, right, for our city, but also for you and your family, uh, your job, whatever. When he says, the people of the city said to Elisha, look, our Lord, this town is well-situated. And, and I just can't help but think of Chicago. It's like, man, this is a beautiful city, guys. This is a beautiful town. Like, you see pictures of Chicago, I would put it against any city in the world, right? It's a beautiful city. It's fun, it's awesome, it's amazing. There's so many, there's so much to the city. It's well-situated, but the water is bad and the land is unproductive, we need a miracle, he's basically saying. And so he's actually referring to Jericho in this passage. And if you study the Bible, Jericho was actually cursed. Uh, they, they believed it was cursed uh, because it was raised in, in Joshua. marched around the city seven times. It all falls down. Uh, and then they said, no one should ever rebuild this. If they do, it will cost them their firstborn son. Later in the book of Kings, we see that somebody does that and it does cost their son. So they have this land where it's like, why, why is the blessing not flowing? Like, we feel like this should be more blessed than it is. We need a miracle. And so they go to Elisha, and, 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 he, and a miracle happens. And we're going to get there in a second. But what this city needs, guys, is, is a move of God, right? I, I, I've been blessed now to start working um, at a property management job, and my, my kind of side hustle, um, just in addition to being a pastor, because I have five kids, and they're all going to need braces. We talk about this. But... Um, <laughs> and they, they eat. My oldest now, who's now in the room, I'll embarrass him for a second, he, if you let him, he just would eat all the time, right? Just like, put the brakes on, bro, all right? He's growing, and he's plays sports, so anyway, it's expensive, um, and so managing property has taken me all over the city, okay, and, and I've, I, I, so I grew up in the suburbs, um, boo, hiss, I know, suburbs, but then it was always my dream to live in the city. Now, I, I know I'm fulfilling that dream, but um, also more expensive than one would think to live in the city, but Seeing the city, so I hadn't seen much, I, I would say. You know, everyone, you know, go downtown when you're a kid, go to, go to the Sox or Cubs game, whatever, once a year, right? Big deal. And, but now living here and working in some of these neighborhoods. Um, and I love this company I work with because their phrase is providing a dignified living experience no matter your walk of life, right? So I, I feel like it's almost like a crossover to ministry. Some of the, 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 the people that I work with, though, in situations and places, things I've already seen, it, it act, it's heartbreaking, you can go to places in the city, and it's devastating, guys. Like, it's like, oh, on, on, you know, some places on the south side, west side, really everywhere, right? Everyone needs, needs the grace of God. But there were some situations not so long ago that I was witnessing. And I remember thinking, like, man, what, how could this ever change? Like, how is this? And I know that God has called our church, but it's, it's easy to kind of get to this, like, almost despondent moment of, like, man, like cycles of, of oppression and violence and poverty and fatherlessness and how it just repeats and repeats and repeats and repeats and gets worse and spreads. And it's like, what can be done? How can this, this area? And I felt like God brought this passage to my mind. And, 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 and basically, the answer, it's obvious, right? It might take a little bit extra faith to believe, but it's like, do we believe that God could change this city? And I felt like he was speaking to me like, what this city needs, what these neighborhoods need is a move of God. It's the grace of God. And then I started thinking about you and I, right? How many of us, how many of us, somebody looked at us one day and they were like, oh man, how is this possible? Like, how is this guy ever gonna, and so you can, you can talk about the city, but in essence, we're also talking about you. Like, how can this guy be saved? My gosh, did you see this? I mean, um, one time my dad introduced me to speak years ago and he said, man, whoo, if you could have seen Josh at 16. It's like, wow, thanks dad. i was getting ready to get up there and speak. <laughs> but it's true. It's true, right? It's like, how is this even possible? It's by the grace of God, by a move of God. It's, the, it's our only hope. And so I would, I would maybe say it this way, like you need the grace of God and the city of Chicago needs you. And that brings us into the grace of God. I want to kind of talk about this for a second. I think the grace of God, we, we think of it, right? And the first definition normally it would come to mind is like grace is unmerited favor, right? It's undeserved favor. You get, you get favor even though we didn't deserve it. That is the grace of God. But grace is actually more than that. And I kind of want to talk through that a little bit. I have, I have a definition of grace, if they could help me put it up on there. Well, this is, this is actually a compilation of a bunch of definitions. So I'm asking for your trust a little bit. I did not make this up. I got a lot of sources, a lot of different ways that the original language is broken down. But this would be like, hey, 2023, talking about grace, um, the undeserved intervention of God in us, the reality of divine blessing. Okay? The, it's really cool. I can see it in the back the active favor of God acting in goodwill and loving kindness but also power that enables us to live the Christian life. Yeah. So we talk about grace, like, like oh man, I've been saved by grace, but grace is more. Grace also then enables you to live the Christian life, right? And so we talk about what the city needs. The city needs grace, but it also needs like the power of grace. We talk about what you need. You need grace, like, oh, I've been forgiven. I can stand up. My conscience has been clean. I've been washed. But I also now need grace to live this life. And so on the next slide, if you can throw the next one up, I, w- I break it down like this. Grace forgives, grace blesses, and grace empowers. Yeah. All right, so grace gives you power. It sounds a little like, whoa, wait, what? No, yeah, it does. Grace gives you power. I'll read you some verses here. All right, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, kind of a popular verse. Paul is struggling, but he says this, uh, talking about God. He said, and he has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness, what is that power? That's the grace of God. So, so Paul, in, this, in, in the context here, Paul's having a hard time. He's struggling. There's, there's something that he just can't break away from. He refers to it as his thorn in the flesh, right? It's like, how am I going to get through this? I, I just, yeah. He says, I've prayed, Lord, take it away. Take it away. Take it away. And it's still here. It's still here. It's not going away. And God says, hey, my grace is enough. In other words, my, the supernatural ability of this grace I've given you will enable you to overcome this thorn in the flesh, right? Later on, or earlier, sorry. 1 Corinthians, again, referring to grace, says uh, 15.10. says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me did not prove vain, but I labored even more than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God With me, so I just want you to see this. Like, it's more than oh, I'm forgiven. And some of you guys, I I think we need to we need to open our mind, our our spirit to this more and more and more, right? Like, okay, God, what what is your grace on my life in this season? Sometimes we use language like that in the church, right? Like, God, what what is your grace on me for right now? But what we're really saying, in essence, is the Holy Spirit works through you by the power of His grace. Okay? And so I would say it like this, in his grace, you are gifted to establish his kingdom on earth. So in his grace, guys, in, in, because of his loving kindness, all that stuff we read, his loving kindness, is, his, his, his undeserved favor, the power, because of all of that, you are actually supernaturally gifted to do things that you may not have done before to be able to do things that you may not have thought possible, okay? There is, there's true, uh, we use the word like anointing. Maybe you've heard that word in church. There's an anointing. So if you were, you know, here 20 minutes ago, which most of you were, all of you maybe, Eric, uh, I don't know where he is. Maybe he left. No, he's still here. There he is, right? <laughs> Eric, that, I would say that was anointed, okay? And then we're gonna, you guys are gonna get like a, this is charismatic theology in a nutshell, okay? That was anointed the Holy Spirit himself we believe we know many of you were touched 25 minutes ago you know God was in this place yeah. right we believe that the presence of God was here you can tell when, when something's anointed when it's like oh man there's a grace on this these words are kind of interchangeable there's a grace on this right now when John mark said i'm not I'm not interrupting this he's saying I am not interrupting the flow of the Holy Spirit what he's doing what he's supernaturally gifting Eric and the others to do. But that is for everyone. The gifts are for everyone, everybody, right? And so even, if you guys heard the word like charisma? Like, oh, Brad Pitt has charisma. I don't know why I thought of Brad Pitt. I did not plan that. I don't know. Literally didn't know I was going to say it took it came out of my mouth, right? Um, I don't know. Michael Jordan has charisma? I don't know. Other people have charisma too, but Brad Pitt does, right? I don't know. Sorry, it's getting weird. So Brad, so charisma, right, that is actually a word in the New Testament to describe the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So that's our word, church. That's our word. They've taken it away from us, right? If they say, oh, this guy's charismatic at the, at the microphone, it's like, that actually means the Holy Spirit's working through him right that's so like when we we could say like oh man pastor jp is very charismatic it's like yes like you guys been here when pastor jp gets up and and he'll look out and be like you sir you you know whatever you're a soccer player we actually had a guy he might be here today i'm not trying to embarrass you that came last year who was actually a soccer player and our pastor said i feel like you play soccer and i just want you to know this this and this and the guy was like whoa and he still comes to our church right cool stuff that is the holy spirit Right, guys? And I know this might sound weird, right? Just stay with me, though. You're weird, too. Okay, we're all, we're all a little weird, right? Can we be honest? I mean, like, it's weird. It's, there's so many weird things. And I was, as I was worshiping, I was like, man, we need to get over the whole weird idea, right? It's like, I mean, it's weird that, like, water exists in three different states, right? It's weird, right? Seriously. There's steam, and it's weird. It's weird that there's planets rotating around the sun. One of them, there's balls of gas with ice rings. It's, it's weird, it's seriously gravity's weird, right? And so at the same time, we're you know what the best thing in in relationships is when you can be weird around one another, right? That's like true, like that's intimacy, that's love when you can just be bizarre, right? And and, and so yeah, there's weird things, but I, I wouldn't say this is any weirder than any of that. Okay, so that being said, the Holy Spirit, and this is a reality that we believe, like we believe this, you know, we believe. But a man came from heaven to earth and he died. He lived a sinless life, died, was raised again, seated at the right hand of the Father. One day he will return. We believe this. And in that, right? And, in that, and some of you guys might be sitting here like, man, and, and, and you're like, you don't want to believe. You want to be cool and, and like, ah, this is, but there's something inside of you that's like, oh no, this is real. It's hitting you. That's the Holy Spirit. That's called conviction of the Holy Spirit. Right? And it's speaking to you like, this is, listen, he's, he, this is, God wants to do something in your life. And so in that, when Jesus left and he said, hey, I'm going to leave you with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit empowers us. And so we find some examples. I just want to kind of read through this. Um, Then I'm going to throw a list up on the screen. But this is not a comprehensive list. Okay, Paul, I don't think Paul was like writing this thinking, I hope I'm not leaving any of them out. He's just giving examples, right? So 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, now listen, this is, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. So just pretend he's talking to you, Oasis Church. Varieties of gifts with the same spirit. And there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. I will never in my life be on the worship team, right? Unless there's like some crazy miracle. That would be a bigger miracle than the resurrection if you see me on the worship <laughs> team. But there are varieties of ministries, guys. There's different There's different ones, right? Um, same Lord. And there are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons everyone you are not the exception because of what you've done you are not the exception okay but to each one is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good that's important too it's not for you it's not a selfish thing it's for the people sitting around you right lost my place. All right, there it is. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, to another the word of knowledge according to the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by one by the one spirit, and to another the effecting of miracles, and to another prophecy, And to another, distinguishing of spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. How he wants to right? Uh, We're going to read real quick Romans 12. This is another section where Paul writes about gifts of the Spirit. He says, for just as we have many parts in one body, and all the body's parts do not have the same function, so we, talking about the church, who are many, are one body in Christ and individually parts of one another. However, since we have gifts that differ, right, we have different gifts, and this is beautiful, guys. Like, Like, I'm not called to be you, Right, and that that I'm just gonna I'll, I'll get back to the second pause. When when I was when I was growing in my faith, I think one of the biggest struggles is comparison amongst Christians. Like, man, why are they more blessed than me? Right? Like, what are, what are they doing? I'm tithing also. I'm giving. Um, sometimes you tie them. and it feels like you're going backwards, guys, right? And you're like, why? What is happening right now? And, and why is this not working like I thought it would? And, and you look around and you say, man, that guy just seems like he's like blessed all the time. Doesn't matter what he does. Everything he touches turns to gold, right? And somebody else, like, why, man, I wish I could play like Eric, right? I hate Eric. No. I'm <laughs> like, I wish, I wish, right? Like, I wish I could, I could, you know, or, or, and it's easy to begin to like be envious of one another. But the beautiful thing, guys, and it's beautiful when everyone begins to embrace your gifting, who you are, right? And we respect one another. One of the, one of the most freeing things for me, as I was learning how to, to to kind of speak in public and preach, was to be myself. It was such a freeing thing, because you grow up like, oh man, I gotta preach like that guy. Or I, I, I need to study or learn how to do it like he does. But then when you learn like, no, wait, wait, when we get to heaven, God's not gonna say like, why weren't you more like Moses or Pastor JP? He's gonna say, why weren't you more like Derek, Like. Derek, talking to Derek, why weren't you more like the guy I created you to be? Like you, you are just—you have your own gift, your own manifestation of the Spirit in you. And when we all do our part, guys, the church exists in in this all its beautiful glory, right? And so, all right, back to the text. So, um, here we go. According to the, however, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace, there's the word again—the grace given us, verse six. We've all received grace, and that is the different gift. Each of us is to use them properly. And then he gives some examples, right? If prophecy, uh, in proportion to one's faith, so don't start making this stuff up, guys. Don't try to like, have the cool word. Like In proportion to your faith, in reality. Um, if it's service, and you guys have seen this, there are people, hospitable people. This is a mark on our house, too. There are people who are so good at this, right, Uh, if service in the act of serving, or the one who teaches in the act of teaching, the one who exhorts, which is like a fancy word for encouragement, okay, Uh, in the work of exhortation, the one who gives with generosity, the one who is in leadership with diligence, the one who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Uh, Can we throw this slide up? I have a a slide, it's gonna be crazy packed um, with different gifts of the Spirit. This, again, is not like comprehensive. That's a lot of words on the screen, but just bear with me. So these are different Gifts that Paul lists in different parts of the New Testament, right? And there's actually even more. Um, But but this is not like, oh, I have to find one of those, like picking and fighting over who's going to do the the leadership gift. Like it's not like there's even examples in the Book of Exodus when they build the tabernacle, and it it mentions that God specially gifted people to embroider and to build and to sew and to dye cloth. And um, I've met people who are gifted as contractors, like gifted, you know. Drywall, better than anyone, and, and, and with an attitude that is 100% from God. And there are other people who are, who are just, you, everyone, we, we got a different thing, right? There's people who are creative that I will never understand. It's another group of people that I like have that secret jealousy towards, the people who can paint, right? And like poetry and like see the world through this lens that's so different from my type A Excel spreadsheet lens. you know? And, it, and it's, it's beautiful, guys it's It's amazing, and so we look through this list and there are some things that the world thinks are weird on here, speaking in tongues, you guys have probably heard that, right? It's like what is happening right now we we believe and we've seen and we've lived that there are moments when the Holy Spirit you're what we call and pastor JP talks about this, baptized in the Holy Spirit and you begin to like worship in in, in another languages and we call this a heavenly or spiritual language, right and so again, I don't want you to feel like any pressure. I don't want you to feel like what is happening right now. We, we are, I'm just explaining what we see in the Bible and what we have seen come to pass in real life here at our church. This does not mean that you all have to do it, okay? There is a portion though in, in 1 Corinthians that says desire, desire the gift. Like desire. If you don't prophesy, have you ever prophesied? Uh, desire it. Wouldn't it be cool one day if you did, Right? Like, wouldn't it be cool one day if you could look at someone and say, hey, I just wanna encourage you, and that's basically what prophecy is. Is it—is it like a supernatural encouragement? Think of it that way. To look at you and be like, hey man, I, I just feel like you're, you're really going through it but I know that God is, is, is giving you what you need to get through this season, and I truly believe that in these months to come, these years to come, he's gonna do more in you than you ever thought possible, right? To look at someone in the eyes and to say something along those lines and be like, I, I truly, and, and, and believe it, and know it, and maybe God's given you more than that. Maybe you can kind of, a verse pops to mind that you share with someone. You see, man, I'm looking at you, and I'm worshiping, and I'm praying, and I feel like God has just brought this, this Romans you know, 8. Can anything separate you from the love of Christ? Anything. And, and who knows what they're going through, but maybe that's the exact verse they need to hear, the exact thing. And all of a sudden, it's like, man, it's like the lights go on. And what happened is God used you to prophesy to them, to prophesy life. Sometimes it's simply walking up, somebody like, man, I know that you and your family are in a hard time, but I know that God is good. I know what the Bible says, I know what I've seen, and I know that as long as we continue to trust and stay faithful, you will see the greatest days of your life. Speak life, prophesy. And so the Bible says, desire it, desire to prophesy. If you, if you do speak in tongues, or if you don't speak in tongues, and it's something you desire, desire it. Ask for it, pray. Begin to worship and open your mouth. And maybe it's, it's another level of your intimacy with God. Maybe there'll be a moment where all of a sudden you have like this indwelling of the spirit and all of it, you're just, it's flowing out of you. I'll give you guys my, my personal testimony. Um, I, with, with these gifts of the Holy Spirit, I was in eighth grade and I was at a youth night uh, at, a, at our church. And um, well, I lived in Florida when I was in Jacksonville, Florida. And I was in Jacksonville at this, at this youth, it was a youth service, right, our youth group. And I was worshiping and all of a sudden, I can't, I literally remember, right, um, how old are you in eighth grade? My son's in eighth grade, 14, 12, 13, I don't know. So it's, it's a few years ago, guys, right, like, like 15 years ago. And so, I'm kidding. Um, I, and I, but I still clearly, clearly remember that I was just standing there worshiping. And I was in, a, I mean, I really was going after God at this age of my life. I was in eighth grade, but I was really trying to, you know, I would do my devotion every day. I'd read my Bible. I was, you know, and, and the one day in this service, I just started speaking in tongues. I was, I was worshiping, and it just, like, came out of me. And the one crazy cool thing about this is I've had the blessing, honor to travel and be in, live in different countries and see this as a missionary, been you know done mission work in Argentina and and it's crazy because I've heard language right I've been to Greece and other places where you hear language it's very different um Israel trying to speak to you know and I always try to learn language when I go places right I always like try to say thank you you're welcome all that stuff and Hebrew is brutal in Israel right so Israel Greece, Argentina all these places and when somebody speaks in tongues it sounds exactly the same and that that was like this huge revelation for me it was like oh like, this is, this is for real. So, like, if you're in Israel and you hear somebody speaking in tongues or you're in Argentina, it's like, oh, man, we're linked in the Spirit. Like, this is happening. And, and it's, for like a doubt eraser, that would be number one on the doubt erasement. When you get to travel and see other cultures and it's like, oh, it, like, we're, we're all in this together. This is the language of the Spirit. And, and it's, guys, it's real and It's true. And when you see it and when God begins to do it, and again, if you don't speak in tongues, okay, I mean, you, you probably do many, many things that I can't do. Uh, maybe I could learn, maybe you could learn, right? Maybe God will grow me in an area, maybe he'll grow you, maybe, maybe it's not even a matter of growth. Maybe it's uh, just what you need to do, what he's called you to do. It's what I need to do, what I've been called to do. And I don't want this to put any pressure, this is not about pressure, this is not about disappointment, this is not about like, ah. again, comparison kills what God wants to do in you. This is not about that. But 1 Corinthians does say desire, right? Desire it, want it, look for it, seek it out. If you're sitting here thinking like, I have no idea what the Holy Spirit has gifted me to do, just begin to pray and walk in things. Like, like maybe you're called to lead. Maybe he's called you to lead. Can you throw that list up again when you guys have a chance? Maybe he's called you to be a leader, right? Um, giving. There are, and now here's a, a disclaimer. We are all called to do certain things. You read the Bible. It's like we're all called uh, to lead our families, men, women. We're called to be leaders, right? So you can't be like, oh, it's not my gift. I'm not leading, okay? We're all called to, like, uh, evangelize and share our faith. But some people, guys, some people have a gift. You know I mean? Some people have a gift of evangel- evangelism. Uh, there, there are some people that it's like, man, they're filling up the church by themselves. They're inviting people. And um, we have a guy who comes to our church. Again, I'm not trying to embarrass anyone. We have a guy who's come to our church now for a couple years who— uh, Drove an Uber that our pastor got in, right? And it was just like, oh, the conversation started, and that led to this now gentleman coming to our church for years, right? Um there's guys with a gift of evangelism. Giving. We're all called to give. You cannot be like, nope, I I think that one missed me. Okay. <laughs> like generosity. Generosity is part of who we are as believers in Christ. Uh it says we're created in his image. Right, And then it says in First John 3 that he loved the world. So what did he do? He gave his, his one and only son to us. He is, God is a giver. He is generous. And so he, he, we're called to do that. But there are some people, there are some people who are crazy generous. And they have this gift. They have a gift of like, man, they'll give a car away right? And though, you know, there, I literally, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. I drive a car, my car, we moved up from Mexico. Uh, somebody just, I didn't even met this man and he bought us a vehicle, right? Just because it was like, oh yeah, I heard you guys moved up from Mexico. It's like, man, like that, like there are people that, that give that way, that live that way. Um, and, and so that may be something that God is places, placing on your heart. And maybe you've been kind of trying to avoid it and squirm and like, ah, oh, no, I don't know. But there are people supernaturally gifted to be generous and, and just to give and, and like, no, oh, doesn't even affect them, right? And there's so many other things. Hospitality. Our church is filled with people who are amazing, amazingly hospitable. Serving and, and helping and wanting to just go the extra mile for someone. And, and again, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. But guys, we, we need to realize that, that he has called all of us to operate in our gifting. So now I want to go back to Second Kings. We're going to land the plane here. They come to Elisha, and they say, the city is beautiful. I can't remember exactly what he said. He said, it's, it's in a good spot. It's well-situated. But the land is unproductive. And when you hear that, you might think about your own life, your family. Like, why, why is this not working better? And he goes, and he, they give me the bowl, give me some salt, throws it on it. And so, and there's a few different ways I try to write this out. I was trying to think through, like, the best way to say this. One of them is this, a supernatural act founded in symbolism changes the welfare of the city. Through a supernatural act, a supernatural symbolic act, him throwing the salt in the water. Rooted in faith, the fate of a city is reversed. And so we know later Jesus came and what did he say? You are the salt of the earth. And so could we imagine that like he's throwing you on Chicago? Like, what, what would that look like if you're the salt that he's throwing and saying, hey, so this is what the city needs, guys. So God has decided to use human beings to do his will on earth. Think what you will of his decision. He's decided to do it. It's, it's done, okay? So uh, he's not going to just appear and walk through this door right now. I mean, the Holy Spirit is, but he doesn't have to because he has you. And I think about it a lot, like, when, I, when sometimes my wife and I, now that our kids are a little older, we'll leave, right, and, and, and leave them alone for a while, we we'll go out to dinner or whatever, and we say, okay, you guys can play Xbox or watch TV if you do what your chores, right? And so we say, like, okay, we have to clean the kitchen or whatever. Usually we give them way too much to do, right, because we're great parents. But, like, we will tell them, you have to do this. But here's the thing, we leave them with what they need to do it. So if we came home, like, hey, why don't you, and they're like, we don't have any, like, soap, right? But we, we leave them. They have everything they need to do what we ask them to do. And here's the thing. Christ, God, has given us the task of seeing this city and then beyond that, this world changed by the gospel and affected by the kingdom of God. And, and he's given us everything we need to do it. You don't have everything you need to do it by any means, but this person next to you has part, and then the person next to them has some of it. And we all have something. We all have part of what is needed to see his will be done here in this city, here in this place. And that is the beauty and importance of church. That's why you can't do this by yourself. And so as we're, we're, we're hearing this and thinking about this, the other thing is, and again, there's so much symbolism in this passage. I would, I mean, it's a really cool thing to just start diving into this and... Um, there's actually uh, some, some symbolism back to Deuteronomy where in Deuteronomy 28, I don't know if, you've, if you know of this chapter, but this is the chapter. Have you ever heard that song a few years ago came out called The Blessing? And it was just like listed a bunch of blessings. That's from Deuteronomy 28. So there's like a whole list. If you follow God, you'll be blessed this way, this way, this way, this way, this way. But then there's a list of like, if you don't follow God, you'll be cursed this way, this way, this way, this way, this way. And then in Deuteronomy 29, basically says, but... If you humble yourself, you go back to the Lord, he will have mercy on you. And so, so this city, you know, a lot of this was because they were disobedient. But hear me, when you go back and they say, hey, we want to change, and they go to the prophet and say, we need to be blessed, and, or you come to Christ now and you say, listen, I, I, need, I need to change, my family needs to change, there is a fresh kind of just throwing salt on it in a way that can change your life forever in an instant, and, I, and that, I really feel that in my spirit for our church. Like some of you guys have to throw salt on it again. Like you're, you've been trying to do something in your own power, in your own, in your own ability. You're trying to parent. You're trying to be in a marriage. You're trying to do your job, provide for your family. And it's just, you feel like you're just hitting a wall, hitting a wall, hitting a wall, hitting a wall. And I feel like God would say to you today, we're gonna try it again. This time we're gonna throw a little salt on it and the Holy Spirit's gonna be on it. And you're gonna see things like you haven't seen before. And I feel like our church, we're, so we're going to be the salt, right? We're going to be it, but we're also going to have it, it's, and that's grace, guys. So, so we're going to receive grace for what we need in our, in our family, for what you need in your family, for what you need in your job, in your situation. Uh, receive his grace, which is his forgiveness, his blessing, and his power, guys. Receive his grace, but then go be the grace, and we're going to be thrown on Chicago. We are the salt thrown on our city. We are the salt thrown on our family, in our school, in our jobs. Let him use us by his grace in our gifting. Uh, Eric, can you come help me out? I don't know where he just left. Oh, there he is. All right. Um, uh, could you guys stand up? I, w- I just want to kind of go into a time of prayer here as we, as we close. I know that this, this topic can be complex, right, to say the least. Um, And and if you guys have any kind of doubt or or if there's anything lingering that maybe you feel like you want to talk out, please seek out one of the the, the pastors. Pastor Derek is right here uh, with his wife. And um, me and my wife are here. Pastor Rachel's right there. And so if you guys, if you feel like, man, I cannot leave this place, I have questions, right? Um, Please feel free to ask questions. Please feel free. uh, uh, We we believe, like it says in 1 Corinthians, that we desire to see his gifts in us. We want to see it. We're not afraid of it. Like, we're not afraid to linger in worship and worship and let him begin to move on people. And, and there was even a special moment, and, and, it's, it's, and it's amazing. Like, one of the gifts listed there was discernment, right? And that's what, exactly what John Mark was doing when he walked up and said, I'm not interrupting this. And it was actually after that moment that you could really feel like God was moving through this body. Um, and it was like, oh, yeah, it was a good thing you didn't go up there, man, right? Like, like that's called, that's actually a supernatural gift, by the Holy Spirit called discernment. Like to to know just to like, oh wait, like, or maybe you see somebody like, oh, that person needs help. I can tell this person needs me to pray with them. And, And the cool thing about the gifts of the Spirit is the more you use them, the more God will grow it in you. But the problem is the more you ignore it, the less you're gonna feel that tug to use it. And some of you need to come awake today. Some of you need to wake up. You've just... Ignore, 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 ignore. And God's trying to use you. Some of you are prophets and you're just shutting it off. Some of you could have the faith to see people healed from sickness, but you're shutting it off. Some of you people can really lead. I mean, you're leaders, but you're just trying to stay in the background, trying to stay in the back. Nobody look at me, right? Some of you guys can be hospitable. But you're just, ah. after COVID, you just don't feel like inviting people over. Some of you guys can serve, should be serving at a different capacity, but you're just trying to like, ah. And the Holy Spirit's awakening in you right now that. And so now it's time to say, oh yeah, I used to serve, but now we're gonna throw some salt on it. It's gonna be different. Now, now I mean, I, I was hospitable years ago, but it's time again to throw some fresh salt on it. Let's go. Let's do it. I'm gonna start trying. I mean, I haven't, maybe you say I haven't prophesied in years. Can I just say also that I would not have never really considered myself very prophetic until coming to Oasis. And I would say it's in the air in this place, right? It's in the air here. It's part of the, 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 the our church, what God is doing in this body. And there are things where it's like God's ready. Are, 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 and, and yeah, there's maybe there's awkward moments, right? Maybe there's weird times. But again, we've talked about it. We're over being weird, right? It is what it is. And so now it's time to say, okay, God, okay, Father, okay, Holy Spirit, thank you for your grace that forgives. Thank you for your grace that's blessing me. Give me your grace that empowers. Give me your grace that enables me to do what you have called me to do. And give me the courage to do it. And that is our prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, all over this room, God, I pray for supernatural courage to be the people you called us to be. To do the things you've called us to do, God, I pray even now in minds and hearts that you begin to awaken, Father. Begin to awaken this uh, th- these dormant gifts, gifts that have lied dormant, Father, or ignored, gifts that have just been pushed aside. Uh, I pray you'll begin to wake it up in Jesus' name, and I pray that we will, as the song said, desire to see you glorified in us over and above anything else. Father, and you have your way in us in this place. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you will be lifted high at Oasis Church Chicago. I pray you'll use us, God. God, I pray that your salt, your grace on our lives. God will produce fruit in Jesus name and then God we pray for the city. This is a beautiful beautiful city. Father, there are there are such beautiful people all over the city from all walks of life and I pray in Jesus name that your grace will fall on this place and this will be a productive fruitful land in Jesus name that is the cry of our hearts at this church, Father, that it will be a beautiful productive land, Father. We just we worship you, we praise you.